You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Genesis chapter 15. <laughs> How many of you were here last week for our increased weekend? Yes. Yes. Now, I want to pick up on something that I mentioned there and, and we're going to expand on it today because it's critical, not just in the area of increase, but in every other area of your life. And we saw here in the account of Abram, who, when God spoke to him about increasing him, about multiplying him and making him a great nation and that he would bless nations and bless families. Yes. And Genesis 15 verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great Reward. Amen. Lift your hand and say, my God, my God is, is my great reward. My great reward. The very foundation of faith is knowing that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so if it's impossible to please God without faith, you find out that faith is a the critical foundation, it's what sets the truth of God's word, the truth of his family as a family of God. And you could say Christianity, I'm nervous to say that, in not nervous, but I hesitate to use that term because there's obviously religious dogmas that they call Christianity. You've got the religion that's, you know, just as much as any other religion. I'm talking about the living life of God, yes. not the religion, the life, the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom. kingdom. And that kingdom of God is brought to life by the presence of the Holy Spirit and in the empowerment of his word. That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's that hearing of God's word and the decision to make to live life by that word. Let that word be your first and your last authority. Everything you do is driven by the word. Everything you believe is driven by the word. You're trusting God based on his word and you're speaking his word. Nothing violating that. The Bible says that's the faith that pleases God. That's the faith. Now, how does that faith work? Believing, number one, that he is, that God is your God. Number two, that he is indeed a rewarder. He is a rewarder. God set up the reward business. See, the devil will try and tell you it's your flesh that wants things. No, God placed in you the great how many of you have ever gone underwater or someone held you underwater? Maybe you're playing games as a child and somebody kept you a little longer than, than you wanted. Have you noticed an extremely great desire grew inside of you? Isn't that right? You were driven. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you love the person that's holding you. You started hitting them to make sure you could get to the service. Isn't that right? A fight came up in you. Why? Because there was a desire. God uses that. He placed that in you to keep from propelling you to the next level. God has placed within you a desire. Now, it's different if the flesh becomes the fleshly desire, the fleshly want, and it's just greedy. No, that's not what we're talking about. It's always been satisfied knowing that I need nothing else except God. And yet he holds it in front of you. If you will believe, I can take you to this next place. God wants to expand you. He wants to increase you. 
And that's what he's telling Abram. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to expand you. I'm going to make your name great. Why? So that all that the earth sees is that there is a God, that he is glorious. God wants to show up in your life and show out in a demonstration that others will see it and desire to know God. When they look at you, they might say, I want that. I want to go to church. And I'm not just talking about living in a big house and driving a nice car because rich people do that as well and don't even serve Jesus. And there are some that don't serve Jesus. It's not like I want that lifestyle. No, there's something about your life. No matter what happens, you're always up there. Uh, it doesn't matter what happens. I see sickness hit your family and, and people are healed. And even when people go to be with the Lord, you're still rejoicing. There's something different in you. There's a light in you. There's a living hope. There's a, there's a knowledge that no matter what life throws, you always come out on top. That family of God is, is a living gospel. It's a living truth. And you and I get to live that gospel. Praise God. And so he's telling Abram, yeah, I am that great reward. I am your great reward. See, family, the car and the house are nice to have, but that's not your reward. God, the presence of God is your reward. Say that God is my great reward. Verse 2, but Abraham said, Lord, God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Now, why is he saying that? Because in him there's a knowledge. doesn't matter what you give me. It's not just for me. Uh, whatever I get, there's no use just me having it. See, he's already aware of what David picked up when he says, may the Lord increase you more and more, you and your children. And he's going, but if I'm going to increase, it's going to have to be through my family. Praise God. Everybody say, my family, my family. is blessed. blessed. And he says in verse 3, then Abraham said, look, You've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And so he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven. Count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and God accounted it to Abraham for righteousness. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God is outside of time? If you have enough faith, you believe. And before Jesus ever went to the cross, the fact that he had already been crucified before the foundation of the world, God was willing to consider that Abraham's reward within the natural system because of his faith. Hallelujah. Now, the thing I want you to notice here, God tells him he's going to be this great nation. Abraham, by his question, has a doubt. There's, there's, a, there's a hindrance to it. How's that possible, seeing I don't have a child yet? And you find out as you study it out, the reason is because, number one, Sarah was barren. And number two, he was also very old. So chances of having children in that state was very limited. In fact, probably impossible. But the fact that God had spoken. The fact that God has spoken. See, family, the enemy will talk to you. Things talk to you. 
Your business talks to you. Your bank account talks to you. Your body talks to you. Things can happen. Anybody, people can talk to you. Naysayers and criticizers and persecutors. People can talk to you. Religious people can talk to you. But when God speaks, and God said to him, I'm going to make you great. Now, he could have said, he could have pulled Abraham, you know, by the necktie and said, now look at me in the eyes. I am going to make you great. Did he do that? What did he do? Took him outside and said, now look at the stars, count them. What's he doing? Getting him visually involved. And then he obviously looks at all the stars and you're right, count the stars. God says, now, if you look at that, that's what your family's going to look like. Why did God take that effort? Why did he do that? Family of God, there is something about us and the way that we think. You are exactly today the product of what you think you are. I know we don't always like to hear that the first time. But we have to deal with the reality of it. Our subconscious mind drives us in probably 80% of our actions. Things that we do, where we live, what we do as a job, what we do in our own lives, what we prepare to put our lives on the line for, the things that we commit to, they all based on an inner belief system. And that inner belief system can limit us. But God in creating us knows that. He created and designed it that way. He also in creating us and designing us put in us the ability to reprogram that. You can rewrite that. You can adjust the way that you think. The Bible says in 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in how many? All things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I want to talk to us today about soul prosperity. The ability to renew your mind, the power of renewing your mind. Uh, a subtitle of the message may be rewriting your hard drive. See, I, I by trade, my, my, before I went into the ministry, I was a computer programmer, a software engineer. I used to write and design programs, build computers, work with computers. And you know, if you, even if you haven't, uh, if you don't know much about computers, you know if something goes wrong, something's stuck, whatever, the first point of action is reboot. Isn't that right? And if you phoned any account, they say, what, what have you done? And then, you know, just try restart the pro And then usually that fix up most problems. But you've noticed that sometimes when the machine starts getting really sluggish and it's not doing what it's supposed to do, and that's where people, you know, when, when I was in computers, they say, the computer's doing stuff. No, computers do what you tell it to do. 
Uh, it's just doing its own thing now. <laughs> no, it does what it, you told it to do. But probably something got in there, something's there. And the other problem is software can become outdated. You got the wrong software in there. Isn't that right? So what you need to do is dump the old and get the new in. You get the new app in. You get the new software. Family of God, our life, our minds, our intellect, our will, our emotions, that's the sole part of you. That's the decision-making capacity. It's the ability to do things. And as I say, a lot of it's driven subconsciously. Why is it that when somebody sees a certain person and it reminds them of their father, they're always angry with it. You know, anytime you remind me of my father, and they snap and they bite and they snap and they bite. Why? Because there's a programming. They don't even realize it's because of what happened with their father. Are you with me? That's why when people just always angry and always hard and always I go, there's, there's something behind it. There, you know, there's something underlying. Something's causing that without us even realizing it. And so when we're born again, praise God, you are given a brand new spirit. Your spirit's born again. You've got the latest hardware. It is heavenly design. It is heaven powerful. It is heaven patented. It is created. You are in the image of God himself. Born again, spirit of his spirit, the offspring of God. But you notice when you woke up the next morning, you still thought the same thoughts. The hard drive needs to be upgraded. That which contains the way you think needs to be updated. Okay, for those that are having trouble with the the natural uh, analogy, basically, it's the rewriting of your mind. The rewriting of what you believe. It's rewriting the way that you think. Notice the word says here, beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Now, a lot of people want to write that off because it says, you know, the letter was written to Gaius. Well, Philippians was written to the Philippines. You can't take anything there. Corinthians was written to the Corinthians. You can't take anything there. Romans was... No, that's not what it is. All scripture is given by God for guidance, teaching, inspiration, correction, wisdom, all scripture. So the very fact that it was written and taken into the word of God... It may be written to an individual, but what God has done for one, he'll do for all. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word is always yes and amen. The second thing is to have a look at the fact that he said, I pray. The fact that he says, I pray, means it's founded on the word of God. I cannot pray anything for you unless... It's founded in the word. That's very often why people come to me and say, pray for me. And I'll say, what scripture are you standing on? Because I have to know that you have received faith for it. Otherwise, you think it's just my hand rubbing on your head that's going to fix it. And that I don't have that kind of power. I only have the wisdom of God, the anointing that comes by trusting his word. And we can only believe for what God has already said. So it's important that whatever you're believing for, that you have a scripture to base it on. And so here's John saying, I pray, which means he's spent time in the word to find out if it is legal to say this to Gaius. 
And evidently by him saying it is that he, he's confident in it. And we don't have time to teach that. We know that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of Gaius. No, <laughs> the word says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his. And who, who's a servant of Jesus here? So that scripture would count for you as well. Isn't that right? And may the Lord increase Gaius more and more. No, may the Lord increase you more and more. You and your children. Is that the word? So he's praying accurately. I pray that you prosper in how many? All things. See, that's very often where people make a mistake. Is they think it's just about money. Now, money is an important part of our lives. But it's in every aspect of your life. Your spiritual life. Your mental life, your physical life, the relationships that you have, your finances. You need to be able to be successful in every area of your life. If I'm failing in life, something is broken. I said if I'm failing in life, something's broken. Stands to reason. There's no ways that you can do everything right and still fail. You're doing things accurately, you're going to succeed. And so he says, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health. Be in health. So once again, we understand that Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. And by his stripes, you have been healed. And don't let anyone ever steal that from you. People say, well, I was talking about spiritual. No. Remember when Jesus went about healing all in sick and oppressed of the devil? The Bible says there that Matthew quoted Isaiah saying this was because he fulfilled what was saying that by his stripes you've been healed. He bore every sickness and carried every disease. Hallelujah. So yeah, he's saying, I want you to experience everything God has for you. That would be a good prayer. I said that would be a good prayer. Amen. We're giving people false hope. No, I, I want you as an individual. How many of you want to experience in God, everything God has for you? Let, let me see your hand. Keep that hand up and say, I want everything that God has for me. Now notice he says you can have that. I pray that you experience that. But notice he said, just as your soul prospers. Your soul prospers. Guys, you can have everything. But you need to understand your mind will limit it. That soul prosperity. What are we talking about? Doesn't matter what we believe. Whatever we hear. If our mind, our inner man, that inner controlling part of us doesn't believe it. We won't be able to receive it. You will not, not, any of us, will not be able to receive anything from God, number one, other than we believe it is from God. I, I mean, I could never believe for healing unless I knew God wants to heal me. I didn't know God wants to prosper me. I didn't know God wants me to have a great life and a great marriage. I didn't know these things were available. You know, it was written into me. As uh, by my family, if I go down my family tree, down both sides, father, my side, mother's side, I don't think I can count on one hand marriages that worked. Almost every single marriage has ended in divorce. And so when our first problem showed up in our marriage, well, 
You know, is this going to happen here as well? But Janine and I made the decision. We are not going to take this just because the family has it. But it's programmed. Why are the problems keep showing up? Why is it so easy? Well, you know, it's so easy. Just if, it, if, you, if it's not working, just get out of it. Go to the next one. And then if that's not working, go to the next one. No, that was bad programming. That was written in and we had to make the decision to upgrade. So how do I do that? It starts with making that quality decision, that mind change. And that soul realm, that mind change, you'll be amazed at how powerful it is to control you, to do things. How often have we done something and then you go, I don't know why I keep doing that. I know I shouldn't be. I don't want to do it. And before I know it, I'm doing it. Come on, anyone ever experienced that? Uh, That's not me, we may even say. And yet it keeps happening. Well, just as easily as that was programmed into us, we can change that. We can upgrade that. We can make sure we live according to God's word. And so God has given us all these promises so that we can enjoy the fullness of God's word. He says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As I said, this is talking about somebody from a negative perspective, but what's the Bible saying? The reason he's doing that, because that's coming from the heart. Now, the heart is not talking here about the muscle in your chest that pumps blood. The heart is that inner part of you, the inner essence. In other words, you have a cognitive mind. If I asked you to add some numbers together, you would activate your brain and you would figure it out. And I wouldn't be able to distract you with anything else. If I started talking about something else, hang on, I'm busy calculating something. It's something that happens on its own. Yet right now, as you're sitting there, people are scratching their ear, twitching their toe, shifting a little bit, you know, moving. That's all. You're not thinking of that. Nothing. Oh, my toe's itchy. Got to stop listening. Got to now scratch my toe. No, there's a lot happening all the time subconsciously. Your heart is beating all the time. Your lungs, your breathing, you're breathing without thinking about it. You weren't thinking about it until I mentioned it now. There's a lot happening inside of you that's controlled by your thought system. And it's already been proven that when... Uh, you have a lot of bad things happen, a lot of stress, a lot of worry, a lot of trouble, is that that can break out in some form of disease. Uh, A lot of times, like for example, when somebody gets shingles, the reason for that is high stress. They're worrying and thinking about things, so it breaks down the immune system because something's happening in the inner man, and that begins to affect your actual physical body. How many of you have ever had a bad dream? And, and you woke up and, and you actually wet. Isn't that right? You were sweating and your heart rate was high. Isn't that right? Well, you're lying in a bed. Come on, you're dreaming. So that means you're lying still, sleeping, yeah? So how come your heart rate's so high and you're sweating? Because in your mind, you were running. Your mind believed you were running and you were in trouble and you had to get away from it and everything in you was fighting and and meanwhile your body's not even moving. But your mind 
controlled that situation at that moment. See how powerful that mind can be. That's that inner man. That's that heart that you're not in control of to think a certain way. I can change your mind. I can, you know, I can ask you to think of a blue dot. You got that? Now think of a black square. See, you could change that, right? But your inner man works based on what's already there. The inner man, the heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So when I come into a situation, I will assess that situation, and if I'm expected to act a certain way, I can make that adjustment. Have you noticed how some people, when they're with a certain group of people, they speak with a certain accent. But then when they're with this group of people, their accent's totally different. You see, that's cognitive. You, you make a decision. I'm here, I talk this way. I'm here, I talk that way. That's a physical decision. Yet when you're in a problem, when something hits and you're not thinking anymore, what comes out is who you are. That moment, doesn't matter how well you'd speak in a certain situation, when, a, when, when it stresses on and you're not thinking and everything's just reactive, that's really who you are. Amen. Yeah, but I don't like that one. That, that's what we're dealing with here. That can be rewritten. I said that can be rewritten. So we may be in a situation, we say we're faking it, no, if that's what you want to be, you can rewrite your software. Now, this doesn't come without challenges because there are people that are going to want to keep you the old way. Who does he think he is? Now he goes to that church. No family God. If I want to change, I don't care what people say, what people think, what the devil says, what any, no one can stop you from becoming who you, who God wants you to be. I said, no one can stop you from becoming who God wants you to be. The only one that can stop it is you. Hello. See, that was the problem with the children of Israel. They, they were blaming everybody else except themselves. Egypt was so embedded in them. Yeah, it was Moses trying to take them out of Egypt into the promised land. All they wanted to do was go back to Egypt. And they will moan and complain. And as long as he kept dragging them forward, eventually they got to a place where they said, well, let's just go make us another pastor. They decided to change the leader. Why? They want a leader to think the way they're thinking. Give us somebody that thinks the way I think. Family, I don't want anybody that thinks the way I used to think. I want someone that's already been there and is ready to take me up higher. I want to hear the truth of God's word so I can become what he's called me to be. How many you say amen to that? Come with me to Matthew chapter 9. See, God has made a decision. He will not give you anything that violates his word. Neither will he do anything for you unless you first believe it. Why? Because he can give you the best that you can possibly think of. But if the mind is not renewed to it, you'll go right back to where you were before. 
I mean, if God wanted to, how many know he could snap his finger today and the entire world give their life to Jesus? Why doesn't he do that? Because you have a free will. He's gifted you with a free will. He's gifted you with the ability to make a decision. And if I cause you to do something that you don't believe yet, you may keep it up for a while. But if I'm not around, you'll go back to what you believe. So God has placed it in his word that we need to make a decision to renew our minds, to believe. Matthew chapter 9 verse 27, Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he came into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Now, why is he bothering to ask them? Surely he's Jesus. He could just put his hand and say, There, you healed. He says, do you believe? And they said, yes, Lord. 29, then he touched the eyes saying, according to your race. According to your money. According to your? According to your? According to? Not even my power. Jesus has the power. But even in Nazareth, he could do no mighty work. Why? Because of there, he could have just blown into town. I'm going to prove to all these people that I was who I said I am and just go woof, 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 heal everybody. But the word said he could not do that because of their unbelief. And yeah, he says, then he touched the eye saying, according to your faith, let it be unto you. Family, God will never violate what you believe. God will never violate what you believe. If people say, I just don't believe in this prosperity thing. Don't panic. It's not going to jump on you. But don't stop me. If you don't want it, that's okay. I'm I'm all for whatever you want. I'm willing to do that. Hello. It's, It's everyone's choice. But I'm choosing to believe God's word. So that really shouldn't bother you either. Because if God said it, I'm willing to believe it. Hallelujah. I know somebody once said to me, you're giving them a false hope. I don't have time to go into the whole testament. You're giving them a false hope. Listen, everything you've ever believed for began with a hope. And I've said it before. I would rather have my hope so high up. I believe God heals. I believe he delivers every time. Well, then how come, you you know, you've got to die? Well, like, that's a problem. Now that I'm saying faith, how am I ever going to die now? No, no, you do know there is a day coming when your life is coming to an end. But in the meantime, I'm going to trust God for healing all along the way until, until you cannot stop me. <laughs> until, you know, you understand, there will be a day when I will leave this planet. But I'm still going to go out. I don't care what's happened. I don't care what has happened to me. I'm going to keep my hands. I praise God by Jesus stripes. I'm healed. I am well. I am healthy. And I've got my hands up. Praise God. I believe I'm healed. There's a tap on my shoulder. I'm like, what? What? And there's an angel, look. 
Oh, I'm in heaven. I would far rather go into heaven that way. Then come out you never know what God's going to do. And then I go earlier because I didn't stand in faith for my healing. Oh, come on. You're getting a hold of this? So it's that word that gives you that hope. And the faith is what gives substance to that hope. So it begins with believing. And God will only take you to what you believe for. Hallelujah. And so family of God, we can fix this right away. Remember, uh, the disciples were trying to cast out demons. And then the father came and said, you know, all you guys haven't helped you. Maybe you can help me. And then Mark chapter 9 verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe... If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Family, every form of medicine that has been miraculous and today we take for granted, the first person that did it believed even outside of his own peers telling him, That's not possible. That disease can't be healed. And yet someone found a way. So if that is possible, I'm still going to believe cancer can be healed. I still believe. And it can be. With God's power, it is so. Hallelujah. Someone says, have you seen all cancers healed? I still believe if I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. You haven't answered my question. I have. I believe that all diseases can be healed by laying hands on them. See, that frustrates somebody that wants one plus one to equal two. But in the kingdom of God, you don't have that. You have the kingdom of God where there is the miraculous. Try and explain to me how a Red Sea opens and they walk through on dry land. And somebody once came up with the idea, well, it was just a particular part of the sea with the seasons and the tides and everything. It was really shallow at the time. It just happened to be at that time, it was shallow. Well, praise God, there's another miracle. He drowned a whole army of Egypt in that shallow water. You see how stupid the mind can get when you're trying to stay in the natural. Family of God, we believe for the supernatural. But we cannot believe for the supernatural until we're really ready to let go of all the natural laws that try and contain us. I work with them while I'm on the planet, but I trust God for the exceedingly abundantly above. What kept the children of Israel out of the promised land at their first encounter? Was it the giants? There were giants in the land, but did the giants stop them? Was it the big fortified cities that when Joshua went up, adversity came to? was Jericho. Was that what stopped them? Was it their unskilled ability of fighting, untrained army. What stopped them from going in? They said, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. 
their own perception, their own mind stopped them from getting into the promised land. They went and walked around in a wilderness for 40 years because they did not believe they could go in. Hallelujah. Family of God, you have been given the word of God, the truth of God's word, and it believes what you believe will determine whether you go in or out. Amen. Listen to this. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, destroy. I came that they may have life and have that life more abundantly. How many you want the abundant life? How's the devil going to stop you? Stealing, killing, and destroying. I would think, if you look at that, you know the Word of God has, God's very specific on firsts and, 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 and being detailed. You would think that, you know, you would steal, that's bad enough, destroy, and ultimately kill. And yet, look at the wording. Look at the order. He does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. You have to ask yourself, why is there that order? What is it that the devil steals? He can steal my car, but he cannot steal my joy. It's not the car that he steals. It's not your bank. It's not your money. Those are things that humans can steal. Circumstances can steal. What's he after? He's after your dreams. He's after your vision. He's after the faith that you have. So he has to steal. And he'll steal the word. He's going to steal your hearing of the word. That's why it is important where you go to church. Because you can go to a church and just like the children of Israel, try and get a leader that at least says what I believe. What I want to hear. Just leave me comfortable. But you'll never go to where you're supposed to be. You have to be in a place where somebody is giving you the truth of the word so you can get there. Number two, faith comes by hearing. It doesn't just happen by osmosis, just sitting around, just saying I'm a Christian. I used to go to church. No, it's being in the house. Why? Because that's what the devil is doing, everything to try and take that word from you. Because if he can steal that word, he can kill your dreams. How many young children, when they start out in life, I mean, they can be Superman. Never mind a fireman or something. You know, what, what, what dreams did they have? And yet society begins to beat up on us, circumstances, situations, people, and drive those dreams out of us. What's he trying to do? Stop you from getting to where God's designed you to be. Take on a second-hand life. Everything, dad and mom, well, that's who we are. That's the neighborhood we're from. Grandpa used to do this. Great-grandpa. What makes you think you're going to be different? Things like that from people who didn't know better. And the enemy's working to steal those dreams. Kill them. Because if he can kill the inner man, he can destroy and no one will stop him. Family of God, that's not going to happen to you. I said, that's not going to happen to you. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and that life 
more abundantly. And so He's given you His living Word. He says, my words are spirit and they are life. What's He doing? He's invoking in us. He wants you to dream again. He wants you to see the vision again. He wants you to believe again. Believe the impossible. Believe the supernatural. Believe that God is God. And what He said you are able to have. And make a choice to believe it. And when you believe it, Jesus looks at you and says, do you believe I am able? You can say, yes, Lord. Then according to your faith, let it be to you. Come on, give Jesus praise this morning. Hallelujah.